This podcast is brought to you by Capstone Law. Capstone Law provides premium legal services to help New Zealand businesses complete deals and resolve commercial disputes. You can learn more at capstonelaw.nz. My name is Kenneth Sun. I'm a lawyer and a former software engineer. You're listening to Capstone Business Talks, a podcast about the better ways to work and to grow a profitable business. Hello and welcome to another episode of Capstone Business Talks. Our guest on today's episode is Nicole Agarwal, who is the CEO of Startup Incubation and Innovation Center, SIIC, under the Indian Institute of Technology. SIIC is one of the largest startup incubators in India. It is basically the Silicon Valley Y Combinator equivalent in India. And you can find out more information about SIIC at www.siicfirst.com and Nick's link, uh, LinkedIn profile in the show notes below. Uh, Nick is a very good friend of mine. We were actually classmates back at the uh, University of Cambridge. So um, Nick Hayes, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot, Ken. So lovely to see you, ECU. Yes. Nowadays, I think everybody is on Zoom. So uh, it, that's a new way of meeting and greeting people. Yes, this is our new normal. <laughs> Um, so first, Nick, can you tell us a bit more about SIIC? So SIIC is uh, one of the oldest uh, incubators in India. Uh, we were founded in year 2000 by a grant from SIDBI. SIDBI is Small Industrial Development Bank or uh, a corporation of India. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was installed in an institute called Indian Institute of Technology, Kanpur. IIT Kanpur is the fourth technical institution which was established after the independence in uh, 1960. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, you would be very glad to know you said that you are a software engineer. Yes. Uh, The computer science in India was first, the computer science department in India was first formed at IIT Kanpur. And that was in association with MIT, and if I'm not wrong, uh, Stanford and few other institutions came forward and established the first computer science department. And later years, we got one of the first supercomputers installed at uh, IIT Kanpur. So we are the forefront of uh, computer science in India. Uh, we have uh, some very great st- stories to tell. Uh, today, The some of the uh, prominent people, in fact, the global CEO of IBM, Arvind Krishnan is our alumnus, and we have played a very large role in forming the most valuable company in the world called Google. Uh, the, if you recall, the Larry Page and Sergey Brin wrote a paper uh, when they were doing their MS in Stanford, mm-hmm. and that paper was written under the under the professorship of uh, uh, Rajiv Tadani, and Rajiv was our alumnus. Uh, and today we have a building at IIT Kanpur. Uh, say uh, uh, Rajiv Kadani Center for Computer Science. So uh, certainly it's a a very exciting story. Uh, We have, still we have uh, some of the most prominent computer scientists uh, based out of Silicon Valley or New York or in India are alumnus of IIT Kanpur. Right, right. So SIIC, um, 
So basically, it's an incubator that helps um, Indian uh, startups to to scale. Is, is that correct? Yeah. So we uh, uh, we are an incubator of a technical institution. So there yes. are two or three levels that we work. Mm-hmm. The first level is like we commercialize the research which has been done at our labs. Yeah. Uh, we allow our students, faculty members, scholars to commercialize the research mm-hmm. uh, from the lab uh, and form the companies. That is one way of doing this. Then it is not limiting only to the uh, graduates of the institution, mm. but it is open to any Indian uh, living in India or abroad. Uh, the reason that it is only open to Indian is uh, because we are a government institution and we receive quite significant funding from the government. And the government says, the Indian government says that we should ideally uh, promote the Indian-owned companies. Sure. Uh, however, that does not stop us in receiving money or funds from other institutions. Uh, if we get private, more private funding, certainly uh, we would be delighted to accept applications from other nationalities also. Sure, sure. No, that, that makes sense. Um, can you tell us maybe um, some of the successful Indian technology businesses that you have helped to scale at your incubator? incubator? So we have a number of successful businesses. A few years back, there was a company called CuraDev, uh, yeah. which is one of the stars. They have raised more than half a billion dollars. Wow. Uh, they, uh, from uh, one of the major uh, Swiss Pharma company. Yes. Uh, very recently, during the COVID time, uh, since March, the COVID started. Uh, the one of the first cases of COVID started in March in India. Yes. Uh, the government of India asked us to uh, help them out in finding the COVID and post-COVID solutions. Uh, and I can very proudly say, in the March itself, we had just less than ten thousand ventilators in a population of 1.3 billion people. That yes. was a very serious state of affair. But uh, uh, institutions like us, they came forward and they established uh, the companies. And today, uh, one of our company is able to produce more than 50,000 ventilators every year. Uh, wow. Within 60 days time, we were not only able to uh, conceptualize the ventilator, we designed it. Yeah. And even at that time, there was a lockdown. And within 60 days time, the ventilator from ideation to commercialization, it happened. And I can again say that today we have live patients um, on that ventilator. And you will understand, Kenneth, that ventilator is a very complicated machine. Unlike uh, uh, the car or, you know, any other computer, computer stop working, you can go it and take it for a repair. Yes. But the ventilator cannot stop working even for a 30 second. It has to be. 100% 100% perfect. That's right. Uh, because the lives are dependent on the ventilator. That's right. So, uh, so that's what the, our technical capabilities are. Uh, uh, I don't have a mask right here on my table. Uh, at the same time, we were not having enough N95 masks. So one of our companies who are working on nanotechnology came forward and set up a N95 mask making capacity at the campus. We have given some space to them. Today, yeah. uh, that company is producing uh, 25,000 masks per day. Wow. So today, we can we can say in India, we were not having enough PPE kits uh, yes. about sanitizers. Sanitizers were sold at the black market. 
Yeah. Uh, today, I can say there are hundreds and thousands of companies which are producing sanitizers, PPE kits, N95 masks, yeah. ventilators, uh, oxy- oxygenometer. Uh, you name it. Like uh, yeah. uh, not only we are able to fulfill the domestic demand, but we are able to export also. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a great need in the world right now for PPE uh, as well as ventilators. So it's um, it was exciting to hear that um, these businesses are able to um, go from concept to production so quickly. So today we have we have around 75 companies which are incubated with us. Yes. Um, and uh, we have companies from all across, uh, from high tech. Like we have a few companies which are working on drone technology. We have companies working on uh, renewable. Uh, uh, in fact, by the year end, we will make a very big announcement, which will be useful for renewable energy. One of our company has come up with a, a battery technology, which will be one third of the cost of lithium ion, and it will be more sustainable, uh, which which can solve potentially solve the problem of uh, uh, renewable uh, uh, energies, you know, across the world. And uh, there's another company which is uh, uh, working on recyclable. Uh, so we are not only just uh, uh, in the beginning of my conversation, which I said that we are a computer science, science heavy uh, institute, yes. but not anymore. Right. We have uh, uh, India's number one biotech department with us. The number yeah. of companies are into biotech, into uh, renewables, into agriculture. In fact, we run now the India Agriculture Innovation Network. We yeah. are one of the largest agri-tech incubators in the country. Right. Uh, so India still is the agriculture-dependent country. Uh, 42% of the Indian population is in is in agriculture, mm. uh, uh, directly or indirectly associated. Uh, so uh, we are finding new ways and new technologies and new products which can support the agriculture uh, within the country and not only in the country but also export to countries like us in Africa and other places right um, so Nick what what are the most important things you look for um, in a business concept when you accept them into your incubator so first is like we look at the team uh, whether the number of people come with an idea mm-hmm. ideas are great no question about this mm-hmm. But we also evaluate whether the team which is uh, proposing an idea is able to take it forward or not. Sure. And when I say that, there are two steps, two or three steps of incubation we say. Uh, so the companies, let's say you come with an idea, okay, I want to implement artificial intelligence in something. Hmm. So I would say, uh, okay, whether you have a team and you have an experience of doing this and have you done some, some of this kind of work? And if you are able to demonstrate that whatever you are talking is making sense, there's an internal committee, there's an external committee of independent evaluators, then we accept you. Mm-hmm. There is another there are other way of looking at it. Like there are certain very smart young people who come to us and say, okay, we have an idea, but we don't have a team right away. We don't have money right away. And we don't have, uh, we want to develop that idea. And if that young person is able to convince us, we have constituted something called IIT Kanpur Innovation Fellowship. We provide them $2,000. Uh, this is mostly funded by, uh, uh, we have now around 20 fellowships today, funded by a number of banks and other institutions. Mm. Uh, and we give them $2,000 a month for a year, no question asked. 
He right. said that okay, you develop this idea to a next level. Mm-hmm. If your idea is developed to a next level and you are able to demonstrate a POC, then we will incubate you. Right. And once they once they enter into your incubator, um, what kind of support do you offer these companies? So incubator, uh, as the name suggests, is like a incubator for a baby. Yes. Uh, the companies are also coming as a baby to us. Uh, they require quite a uh, integrated support. Uh, support in terms of uh, starting from like uh, financial support. Financial support not only in terms of providing the money, but also uh, structuring their finances. Yeah. Uh, to structure their finances, structure their books, uh, to support them in filing the IP. We, are, we have a dedicated IP department. Mm. We have five lawyers working with us full time. We help them in filing their IP because the IP which is there, sometimes the companies don't think that IP is valuable and they uh, uh, they delay it. And as a lawyer, you would know it's extremely important to file an IP immediately. Mm. We evaluate the IP in, in terms of whether it is good to file only in India or worldwide IP. As you know, the cost difference is huge. So there is some support comes from the government. If the company is incubated yes. with us, and company also registered with the uh, government, then there is a money which has been reimbursed for IP filing. The third step comes in uh, the developing the product or technology to a next level. Mm. So given that we have uh, some world-class infrastructure and labs, we help the companies in developing further develop the service. Uh, we connect them with our professors and scholars uh, and bring to a product to a certain level. Once the product or service is is uh, is ready. We test it out in the market. We provide access to the market in testing it out. And at all these stages, there is funds available for prototyping. There is a fund. Go to market. There is a fund for scaling up. There is a fund. Then the once the commercialization happens, then we also help the companies in finding the venture capitalists, mm-hmm. um, uh, whether is uh, individual venture uh, companies or a group of venture companies. That is something depending on the size of the fund. And uh, all along, there is a group of mentors that we have. So we map every mentor with one company. We say, okay, this is a mentor and this is a company. Uh, Would you like to work together? So it's also quite an important exercise. Not everything can be done by the incubator. So we take help of many uh, people from outside. Uh, Given that we are now uh, 60-year-old institution, so we have a uh, number of alumni who have risen to a certain level. They have mm. uh, been chairman and industrialist and CEOs of a very large corporation as well as other startups. So we request them to participate as a mentor. But that does not restrict only to alumni, anybody who is accomplished and wish to contribute. And we feel that this person can help our companies. We invite them as a mentor. Mm. So we have mentors from all of us. And once the company has uh, uh, gone to the VC level, then certainly the companies can go out of the incubator. Yeah. Uh, in the whole process, the, all the service is uh, certainly not free. The company pay extremely nominal charges for incubation in uh, in India. Sure. It is like few dollars a month, oh, uh, okay. single digit. Yeah, wow. a single digit few dollars a month. So this is nothing. But we don't want. So it's a, a notional fees, more or less. Yeah. However, we take up three percent equity in every company which is incubated. So it's a public yes. information. Yes. Uh, the reason we keep our equity is that we are a government-funded institution. So we want to 
also uh, start uh, stop having a dependency on the government funds we want yeah. to raise our own funds and the money which has been raised uh, further let's say last year uh, we have received uh, quite good number of money uh, as a uh, return of investment from certain companies so that money we create a, a seed fund and we provide to the newer companies a seed fund so certain company need 100000 dollars so they can approach us they can say okay we require a bridge loan or we require a working capital loan yeah for 5 months meanwhile our uh, new customers are coming or meanwhile our new funding is coming so we we help them out in 100000 dollars for 5 months uh, uh, so that money is rotating more and more money is generated and more money is getting rotated yeah we also get money for in terms of endowment grants from our uh, former alumni also the government also the agencies uh, which is used which is uh, which is not used uh, uh, the only interest part is used for running the expenses of the incubator and for other purposes sure sure so if you were to give some advice to entrepreneurs um so what should a business ask itself to see if, if it is investment ready i think everybody has uh, uh, every startup entrepreneur says that okay we have to have a passion mm. but more than passion i think now uh, what the entrepreneurs need is a purpose okay uh, if they don't have a purpose so everybody is passionate i am very passionate even after working for 20 years uh, you have serious you are you are also an entrepreneur you have recently started a company sure everybody has a passion even the people who are ceos of a corporation also have a passion yes but what something the entrepreneurs need more is a purpose why they are setting up the company what is the reason for them to finding a solution yes is the money is the purpose is the solution is the purpose is changing the lifestyle of certain people is a purpose what is the purpose mm. why you are doing it and uh, money should be a motivator but should not be the ultimate purpose uh another advice which to new entrepreneurs which i always give is that never ever look to exit the company immediately or even in the new future as soon as the concept of exit comes to your mind uh you forget the purpose and you look forward raising the valuation and exiting it the yeah. purpose of the company like in uh, our studies we have uh, uh also you know in the accounting discipline we we learn that the company is perpetual the company don't die company can go on forever mm. same with the purpose of the company that when the company has a purpose of being perpetual then why the entrepreneur have a purpose of making an exit after one or two years so have a clear purpose and the people i have seen which have a clear purpose clear uh, goal to get some get something out of some uh, they the money will follow the power will follow the vcs will follow everybody will follow Yeah yeah I think I think you're right so it's it's important to think about the actual problem that um we're solving or the company is solving so I think that having that purpose of having that uh, awareness of the problem we're solving that prevents um that being kind of twisted just thinking oh I just want to make money because um it actually could end up being that you don't s- resolve the problem that you're trying to fix um if you look at the wrong goal so I, i agree with you there that that is important to keep the goal in mind which is actually not about making money it's about solving the problems that consumers or the the customers have 
and money will follow from that. I think. And I can give you an example of not only entrepreneurs, but you can be entrepreneur. Uh, today, some of the largest companies in the world, like as I have said, I work for a Indian Institute of Technology, which is located in Kanpur. We have other in Indian Institute of Technology, which are located in Mumbai, Delhi, Madras, Kharagpur. Uh, we have many of them. Yes. And some of these alumni have done exceptionally well. Today, the if you look at the Silicon Valley companies, some of the largest companies in the world are managed by the first generation IIT alumni who uh, immigrated from India and gone to US, done their further studies and joined these companies. Uh, Satya Nadella of Microsoft, Sundar Pichai of Google, they are all our alumni, and I meet their classmates every now and then. It's just thirty years back these kids who have graduated from IITs. Studied in the same hostel, had eaten the same campus food. Today they are running the biggest companies in the world, influencing not only United States but the whole tech industry around the world. Uh, some of the most futuristic ideas and uh, uh, solutions will come from these companies. So these people, I believe, were not looking for uh, a big salary or something. They were having a purpose. And uh, the way I have seen Arvind Krishnan, Sundar Pichai, Satya Nadella, uh, they are still going. Like even after working for so many years, they had a purpose to do something positive. That mm -hmm. was more important. Regardless of you start a company or regardless of you work for somebody, always think of doing something greater good for the society. Rest everything will follow. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So Nick, um, the last question. So, why? What do you think are the three characteristics that a successful entrepreneur must possess? I think the first, the first characteristic I would say the entrepreneur should be able to take a deep breath. Okay. By deep breath, I mean that there will be ups and downs. Yes. Today, there are a number of surveys which says that during the COVID time, ninety-five percent, up to ninety-five percent of the companies which have started pre-COVID may be finding it challenging to sustain. So, are you able to take a deep breath? That's the first thing. The second is that trust. Uh, uh, what I have seen, the young entrepreneurs, uh, particularly from everywhere, not only from India but everywhere, they are finding it quite challenging to trust their people, trust their instincts, trust their funding agencies, trust the government. Nobody trusts each other. That is like even in the earlier times, if you see the Japanese companies or. Indian companies or Korean companies, even Australian companies, people have worked with each other for long. And the third is the uh, coming from the second one, trust longevity. <coughs> Number of young entrepreneurs are not looking to uh, develop a solution for longer time; they are looking to exit. Right. So the the they're taking a deep breath. Uh, trust and longevity are most important traits for today's entrepreneur. Uh, uh, and if you are starting a company, the passion, the uh, 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 urge to find a solution, your technical capabilities, everything is there. That is that is now become an eligibility of becoming an entrepreneur, not the traits of becoming a successful entrepreneur. So I am not one. Don't don't want to emphasize on the eligibility part because that's something which most of the entrepreneurs I assume mm. have it. Uh, but to sustain it and to go it a longer run. And those are the entrepreneurs which will survive, which have these three traits. Yeah, yeah, 
And I, I think it goes back to what you mentioned before as well about the purpose, you know, that we should be, the entrepreneurs should be doing these things for the right reasons, you know, to actually try to solve uh, the problems that the market has rather than just simply thinking about uh, the exit. Um, you know, I think that's a very good uh, reminder for, for all of us. Um, and Nick, so thank you so much. Um, you know, really appreciate your, your time on, you know, being with mm-hmm. us and joining us all the way from India. Um, and I hope that, um, you know, I'm sure we'll have more opportunities to, to talk in the future. Thanks for your time, Nick. Thank you very much. And today, nowadays, like you have heard about the term called Namaste. Yes. So the whole world is accepting the Namaste, no more shake hands. So I would urge all my friends from New Zealand and Australia to start following Namaste. Call it COVID Namaste. Yes. So that we don't shake hands, but still we greet each other. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.